0: This is WCNY's The Capital Press Room, and we're highlighting the issue of employee-owned businesses and what the state could be doing to help foster their development, including passing legislation creating a state university-based center for employee ownership. To break down the moving state and federal parts, we're joined on The Capital Press Room by Tori Cooper, a board member of Cooperation Buffalo, which helps foster the development of worker-owned businesses. Thanks for joining us, Tori. Thank you, David. And we're also joined remotely by Andy Morrison, Associate Director of the New Economy Project. Welcome back to the show, Andy. Thanks for having me, David. So for starters, what are the different forms an employee-owned business can take? And what are the benefits of this model, especially compared to what most listeners are probably used to?
1: That's a great question. There are primarily two types of employee-owned businesses, worker cooperatives and employee stock ownership plans, commonly known as ESOPs. In an ESOP, employees acquire shares in the company that provides them with a stake in the company's success. Worker cooperatives go one step further. So a worker cooperative is just like any other business. It could be a restaurant, a factory, you name it. But the key difference is that it is employee owned and operated by the workers under the principle of one worker, one vote. So workers make decisions together about how the business is run and share in the profits. And studies have shown that worker cooperatives and employee-owned businesses are more resilient than traditional firms. They experience heightened productivity. They offer better pay and working conditions that exceed industry standards. When workers are the owners, businesses don't just pick up and leave in search of cheaper labor. They operate within communities and anchor jobs and wealth locally. Regions that have high levels of worker ownership tend to have lower levels of unemployment. So
0: Tori, in Western New York, how does Cooperation Buffalo help start up new worker cooperatives or convert existing businesses to this worker ownership model?
1: Yeah, so Buffalo actually has a very strong history of worker co-ops, particularly within uh, Black communities dating back to the 1920s. Since we started Cooperation Buffalo less than 10 years ago, and we offer technical training, mentorship, and we also unlock capital to form and grow worker-owned businesses. So we work with uh, startups, and we also work with businesses that are converting to worker ownerships, where the owners is selling to the workers. We started less than a decade ago, and in that time, we have seen a 400% growth of cooperatives in the regions. By unlocking their access to capital, training, technical assistance, we've seen worker ownership growing in the areas of childcare, food service, real estate, composting. And these businesses that we've worked with have proved resilient through the pandemic. And they have been key contributors to the economic revitalization that we are seeing in Buffalo. These cooperatives are offering pathways to ownership and economic security to frontline and low-wage workers. We're all feeling the strain of rising costs these days. So when we see historically low-wage workers earning $22 an hour in their cooperative and sharing in profits at the end of the year, we know we have a viable strategy for economic development without displacing the friends and neighbors who keep our city going every day. We're seeing worker co-ops taking off across the state. This is a movement that is building economic power across New York. And as of 2021, New York had the highest concentration of worker cooperatives at 110 and growing.
0: Well, Tori, are there limitations to the situations where an employee-owned business makes sense? Uh, I mean, are there issues sometimes with the disbursement uh, of power and having it it too diffused uh, in situations?
1: Worker cooperative governance models are incredibly versatile. So worker cooperatives come very small. You'll see companies that are maybe three worker owners. You'll also see companies in the thousands. In New York City, we have the largest and one of the oldest, longest running worker cooperatives, uh, Cooperative Home Care Associates. They have thousands of worker owners, and they are able to scale to any size, they apply to any sector, and they are able to function with really comparable levels of efficiency and the power to generate revenue and make decisions effectively.
0: Well, turning to the development of new employee-owned businesses in the future, a federal appropriations bill signed into law in late 2022 included the quote-unquote WORK Act. What does that do to promote the development of employee ownership or employee participation in in business decision-making?
2: The WORK Act uh, was passed by Congress with bipartisan support earlier this year. And what it does is it provides federal funding over five years to states to support existing worker ownership programs or to create new ones. So we think it's just an incredible opportunity for New York to take advantage of this funding and create what's called a worker ownership center. Um, And 22 states have such a center, including right next door in Vermont. And they just they just sort of serve as like beacons for employee ownership, engaging in, you know, education and outreach, providing technical assistance, helping businesses secure funding to convert to worker ownership or helping folks access financing to start worker-owned businesses. And for all the reasons Tori just described, we think it's it's a huge economic
0: development opportunity for that New York should take advantage of. New York has an aging population right now, and that means that people are looking to retire, you know, hand off businesses. In some cases, there aren't clear alternatives for these people. How does the employee ownership model potentially alleviate those succession issues? And is that something that you envision this business center potentially smoothing out?
2: Definitely. So even before the pandemic, more than 3,000 businesses in New York were closing every year as a result of the owners retiring. And that results in an estimated loss of 13,000 jobs annually. And yeah, you know, there's there's a wave of baby boomers who own nationally over 2 million businesses and are thinking about retirement. And that potentially puts businesses at risk of shuttering their doors in New York and putting New Yorkers out of work. So one of the things worker ownership centers are really adept at is helping interested business owners transfer ownership to workers while providing the workers the education and access to financial resources that they need to purchase the companies. And there's a great example, recent example, that happened up in the North Country a couple of years ago when um, this lumber business called Ward Lumber, it's 130 years old, The owner was looking to retire. His children weren't interested in taking over the business. They were sort of, you know, on their own career tracks. And he decided, along with the workers, that they could convert the business to worker ownership. Um, So it's a great success story. At the same time, there are real barriers. And that's where the Worker Ownership Center comes in. I was at a church out in Long Island earlier this year, and a small business owner was sharing a story about all the challenges he faced as he was looking to transfer ownership to his workers and they weren't able to get it done. And he lamented the fact that there just was no support, no infrastructure available in New York to um, help him and his workers convert the business. So we just think it makes so much sense given that the federal government is is encouraging this and promoting it and providing funding uh, and that there's a real need
0: um, and a huge benefit for New York. Uh, we want you know, Albany to take advantage. So in terms of financial assistance, what can that look like and how much could the state theoretically be prepared to send out in the form of either loans or grants if there is a high demand to embrace this uh, employee owner model?
1: I would say that there's tremendous need for capital across New York State to help get these cooperatives off the ground. Some cooperatives will only need $10,000, dollars $30,000 to open their doors. And other cooperatives that have much more revenue generating potential uh, can leverage $500,000 to a million. Generally, we have found that with the right technical assistance, these cooperatives are able to pay back their loans. Quickly, uh, Cooperation Buffalo has a loan fund. We have an excellent repayment rate, and we are part of a national network of loan funds that have a fantastic repayment rate through Seed Commons. So we would love to see from the state both unlocking capital as well as offering procurement opportunities to worker-owned businesses the same way that women and minority-owned businesses are offered the opportunity to, to bid on state and city contracts and as well as access to capital because we cannot leverage everything that we need through the private sector. We really need the investment of public dollars.
2: Tori and I, are our organizations are part of the New York State Community Equity Agenda Coalition, um, which is a 50-plus statewide coalition that has community and labor groups and a lot of worker-owned businesses um, and worker um, cooperative support organizations involved in the coalition. And one of the things we hear a lot about from um, worker owners is just a, a real challenge in accessing financing from mainstream lenders. And that's because a lot of times, um, you know, mainstream lenders are are looking for collateral from an owner, and they don't understand um, the model when all the workers own the business together. Um, so, yeah, in addition to creating the worker ownership center, our coalition is calling on the state to uh, to create public banks um, in local communities that would be dedicated, among other things, to helping to finance worker-owned businesses to kind of fill the
0: gap that's created uh, by um, mainstream lenders. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Tori Cooper, a board member of Cooperation Buffalo. Thank you so much for making the time, Tori.
1: Thank you for having me, David.
0: And we've also been hearing from Andy Morrison, Associate Director of the New Economy Project. Thanks for making the time, Andy. Thank you, David. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts and if you listen to us from an apple device make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show